just oh wow, wow. just just be natural in there just be natural just be natural you know don't be stiff it's just me and you and alicia and naomi in the background <laughs> yeah, i'm not going to look at the camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah cool um Yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm very aware before I start podcasts. I never, I never start them properly. <laughs> I always do yeah. weird things. It's just like limbering up. Yeah. In, in the other one, in the other other podcast, I started in the middle of a really messed up conversation. Just <laughs> <laughs> back. Oh, oh, we're live, man. <laughs> it's like, well, that time, that time that you know, I did this weird thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with um, experimental drug oh it's recording oh, yeah. <laughs> okay oh cool uh, hello 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 hi hello um, welcome to the OJ Harper podcast I am your host Jonathan Harper um, and I am joined by Kingsley the Bard that's ah. what you call yourself do you still call yourself that? do, do you know what I'm going back to it yeah Oh, is it? Yeah, although on my Instagram, I'm currently Ruben of the Rhyme, but <laughs> I, I like it for alliteration, but Kingsley of the Bard nice. is still... <laughs> cool, so introduce yourself. Um, yeah, my name is Kingsley Olale. I am a poet, jazz enthusiast, and a storyteller, short storyteller. Mm. Um, yeah, professionally a journalist, but um, few and far between. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's me. Cool. And in terms of like storytelling and stuff, what kind of stuff do you do? So just expand, so tell a lot more about yourself. Do you, do you know, I was basically reading my Instagram uh, summary. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I have on my Instagram thing because I was like, what, what do I do at the moment right now? Um, Constantly evolving. Yeah. Where to begin? I think at the heart of it, I. I write creatively. Yeah. Um, so I work for a charity at the moment. Yeah. Um, let me start from there. Uh, so I'm a cover manager. I finish about five. Yeah. Um, the charity is Scope. They work with like disabilities and things like that. Um, so we raise money for that. Um, so I do a lot of like uh, charity work. I've also worked with St. Joseph's Hospice. Okay. Um, and they're cool. Um, and you meet a lot of fun people. And things like that, and that's great. So I love doing stuff like that. When I'm not doing try to work and things like that, I am writing. So you probably find me in one of your libraries somewhere. Um, I've I think for the past five to ten years, I've been figuring out what type of writer I want to be. All right. Because as you're studying, you you kind of get to pick, and well, you kind of carve out what you want to write, basically. Yeah. Um. And nothing seemed to. I, I realized I have a really short attention span. Um, I, I couldn't. I can't sit down and write a novel. For it. it just, it just. There's it, and I think it. It does t- tell you a lot about yourself, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I. Not that I'm not very good at commitment. I am, but it really has to be something that I don't get bored with. Yeah. So you got to be special, <laughs> and it, the story as well has to be special. It can't be something that kind of runs out of steam. So I'm a short story writer. I like right. those and. You know, uh, TV series are very good for that. You know, a good uh, mini series mm. is good for like potent quality rather than yeah. I'm going to write 23 episodes. Like, like, and run, yeah, exactly. I run out of steam halfway through. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and then BBC are very good for that. They write really nice, concrete, short stuff. So I, I do a lot of short stories. Uh, I also do poetry. That's like my signature thing. Yeah. So when I've not done short stories, I should say, whilst I was figuring out what type of writer I wanted to be, I wrote poetry. I've always written poetry, but my big story was that uh, I, I kind of fell into it. Like I, my mum and dad were constantly badgering me to do homework, and I never really got into it. But I had like a natural, f- f- like affinity with English. Yeah. For some reason, it just came to me easy to do. Like. My English teacher was like, look, could you actually just do your homework for one day? So I was like, okay, fine, all right, cool, okay. And like my mom like got my desk ready and everything. She's like, you're gonna sit at this desk. <laughs> it, it was so special because I never sit at a desk. I'm like, I do this at the kitchen table. Why am I in your room or the other desk? Oh, wow. But uh, I don't know, for some reason it, it stood out and it set the scene. Yeah. As if she knew that that would get me writing. I remember it vividly because I wrote something and I didn't stop writing. Oh, wow. And I, for me, when you do homework, you write half a page. Mm. 
a page max. And my teacher was like, yeah, do two pages. That's good. I think I did like 13 pages <laughs> or 14 pages. Wow. The story, even now, I'm so captivated by the idea. And true to form, as with every writer, I can't remember what it was about. <laughs> I vaguely remember it being about this Russian guy who has this family and he goes on this huge adventure and he tries trying earnestly to get back to his family and stuff like that. It's really mature for my age. I was 13. <laughs> and I submitted it. And my teacher was so aggressive. He was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I'm just real. I was bored, you know. You used to dig that thing up. And I can't remember what it was about, like the specifics. I was so upset. But he was like, yeah, you should do, everyone should do homework like this. So I was like, <laughs> oh no, God. no, don't get me in trouble. You're the worst enemy of everyone. I know, this is exactly what I was avoiding. Um, but that kind of like it's one of those things where like you know God kind of shows you things like hey this is kind of your calling like yeah. again when I was in Nigeria I had because I studied there for a few five, five years yeah. I had an opportunity to kind of choose what field I wanted to go into yeah um, and you, you kind of it's three pronged so you can kind of go into accounting class like economics that sort of stuff yeah uh, science or art and I said I want to be in science class all the cool people were there and I had a natural affinity like biology, physics, it just yeah. blew my mind. I wasn't very good at maths though, I needed maths. I got past grade in maths. Yeah. And I got a really good mark in science, I think it was B or A. And they're like, no, you're not going. I'm like, what? Are you, are you kidding me? So where am I going if I'm not going to science class? I'm not going to accounts, I'm crap at maths. And they're like, no, you're going to art. I'm like, no, it's not happening. And they, they fought me on it. And they were like, your marks from your thing in England in, in England shows that you have an affinity with English so can you do English yeah and I said but I failed English <laughs> and I failed some other subjects that I needed wow. to get into art class but they pushed me anyway um so I went into that <laughs> you failed English yeah, yeah I don't How? I don't know like I, I think I got like a really, you failed English though yes I got a low mark in English and I failed something <laughs> else I think it was yeah, because wow. they, this was like, yeah, I, I started in year eight, I was not doing year nine. Mm. And they teach you, so if you're in year nine, they teach you year 10 stuff. Yeah. That threw me, because I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> my brain is in year seven going to year eight, you're at year nine going to year 10. Doesn't quite, I, I got with it in the end later on, but, um, but it worked because mm. it, it helped me kind of develop. Uh, and over time, I started entering competitions just yeah. for fun. Um, and I, uh, I got sick at one point. I got uh, cholera, right. so I was hospitalised for like two months. God. And my mum was like, "You're coming back now." <laughs> she was like, having a go at my uncle. She was like, "You should have given him the, you know, the, what do you call it, inoculation thing and stuff right. like that." And my uncle and dad were fighting with themselves. But I was like, "No, I'm not coming back. Like, I have so much work. I need to finish." Um, so I, I stayed, and that was why I stayed for two years rather than extra rather yeah. than staying for three years and that was when I went to my other secondary school because I changed um, and that was why I actually embraced English properly because yeah. at the time I was trying to figure out like my faith I was kind of investigating Christianity what I found was that there are so many different <laughs> translations yeah. and I assumed that because they're different translations they're different Yeah. my uncle told me like two thirds of the way in that oh actually no no they're the same thing yeah but they're just like the different I was like well thanks for telling me I've already read the same thing seven times <laughs> thank you very much because yeah, we study for anyway if you want to be a pope but um, it helped because it is because a lot of the Bible is written in a way it's very King Jamesy yeah when I went to go and do literature now which was very Shakespearean which is written in that English literature was easy yeah and everyone was like could you explain what she just said? I'm like, but I've just, we were in the same class. You sat next to me. Why should I explain what she said? Yeah. Just, my friend tested this theory, actually. She said, you have an understanding of which, uh, yeah. do you just get it? I'm like, all right, prove it. So we sat in class and then teacher spoke and everything like that for an hour. No one heard anything. And then they sat next to me after. I was like, all right, okay, explain that. And I think it, because it sort of put it in dead man's terms, like, yeah. so he killed his wife and, He's gonna eventually think Terminator, but seventeenth <laughs> century, and they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so stuff like that is like when you have points of reference, it's very easy to <laughs> associate things. And people are like, "Oh, right." Yeah. You can sort of, uh, 
so yeah I started like writing poetry just for fun um, yeah and then it, it became kind of serious because people started coming to me oh like this girl I want to talk to oh my I'm not very good with English like like you're the guy though like you write poetry like, you write you write poetry like, you guys like, to get girls yeah, pretty much they asked me if I got any girls when I was going like, <laughs> none none like I told my dad that like oh this is a girl I like but I'm leaving I'm going back to England what should I do so like, just Take her aside, you know, hold her hand. Talk to her, tell her, tell her you want to get her number. Like, Dad, I've never held anyone's hand, like, ever. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Like, I, I spoke to her and I was like shaking her stuff. Yeah. And she was like, it's okay. I know what you're trying to say. Like, we'll, we'll keep in contact. I was like, thank you. It's <laughs> just basically uh, safe conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're That's good nice. friends. We're good friends. That's but um, everyone knows me as Kingsley, the Kingsley the Bard over there. Oh wow! It stemmed from that. Like, so what you started in Nigeria, Kingsley the Bard? Yes. Oh no, it makes sense yeah. now. Yeah. Because I be seeing Kingsley the Bard on like your social media, and, oh, that. and then I was like, Kingsley the Bard. Where's the where's yeah. the Bard coming? That's where oh, it that comes makes from. sense. So all my Nigerian friends, yeah, the first thing they'll say is Kingsley the Bard. And my first book that I've been working on, it took me like nine months to write. I was just writing at a snail's pace. Um, it was called Jonathan Creeves. Right. So if they don't call me Kingsley the Bard, they'll call me, ah, Creeves, how you doing? They were like, because oh. everyone read it, and I just for fun, they were like, yeah, yeah we know. Wow. It's cool. So, uh, so that was like a whole, like, story, the first, like, kind of book. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> you know, when you go back and you read to me, like, ugh. I, I get that. I get like that with my designs. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, what was, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. this is clearly Harry Potter. That's clearly Indiana Jones. I had a, I had a story in school. Me and my yeah. friend Tony, we made up a whole, like we got really, really far with this story. We yeah. basically took everybody in school and put them in a comic book. And it was basically Naruto. <laughs> that's, that's actually what it was. And each of us had like, um, had like special powers and that. Uh, and then we pinned like people up against each other. Yeah. And like we had a full story. I was, it was actually really entertaining. And I actually did the drawings. He did the story. Oh my and God. And then I did, we like had like different versions. It's like of the whole it. universe. And then people in the school were actually quite engrossed in it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it when stuff like that happens. I absolutely love it. It's funny because you, you don't really, the secondary school is so important especially in the later years because you it's kind of decides what you're going to do next yeah the only reason why I wanted to become a journalist was because of an incident that happened yeah when I took over the school football magazine it wasn't even a magazine to begin with it was just a sheet of paper like this halfway through this guy used to we're in the football team together and he, he was in science class his English was crap mm. so I'd read over him like dude come on man like he was like, look, I'm just doing a basic rundown of what happened in the match. Do you want to edit it? I'm like, yes, I'm in English. <laughs> he said, you, you take it. So he, I'd do the basic designs. It's all written in bio with designs and stuff like that. Nigeria's football crazy. So even the teacher's like, hey, when is the next one coming out <laughs> now? <laughs> so it was so funny. Like, I didn't realize like, it was that passionate. Like, it was pressure. Like, if you didn't yeah. stick it on there, because their office was here on the left and our class was on the right. If you didn't, publicize it they'll be like oh yeah where's this now you played the match yesterday <laughs> where's the updates you know <laughs> we don't send you there for that too like so uh, I was doing that and then one day that we discovered the teacher uh, our physical education teacher has um, been embezzling school funds oh my god hashtag Why? scam scam uh, to to well, I'm not surprised <laughs> to do god knows what you know to put it in their back pocket and me being, you know, British, like, this is unacceptable, you know, we yeah. don't do this, you know. And um, it wasn't even being British, it was just being annoyed. I was like, nah, well, we're paying how much? They gave her the equivalent of about five grand. And basically what she would do, she'd come into class and she'd ask everyone for a pound yeah. over the course of a month, get all that money together and buy a two for one football kit sort of thing that wasn't like a real, so say everyone, there'd be like four goalkeepers, yeah. two defenders, what? three strikers, like the numbers on the shirts, it was terrible. And I said, this money does not buy that. You have pocketed some money somewhere. That's Nigeria for you. No, okay. Literally, from the government down to the little. It's so bad. It's so. I I was so annoyed. I was like, you can't. You can't ingrain this in me. I'm not going to receive. (laughs) Did you write about it? Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly what I did. Yes. So I was just like, I was like, no. I was like, this is this has gone too far because she's done this with like. Uh, table tennis she did it with basketball you know she did with the basketball one was the worst she got imagine that stand there yeah. 
she picked up like oh yeah actually we had a bin we had two bins in the, in the school small school she picked apart the bin stand and got a welder to weld a semi-circle well a circle basically and affixed like a square oh my god either side of the school court and that was our basketball hoops are you taking the piss no I'm dead serious That's that was her basketball hoops and I was just like you for real we're using bin hoops that's ridiculous as basketball day. this is no no exaggeration like she just turned the bin stand into uh, a basketball the, the, the table tennis oh she gosh. she got like you know softwood you know the ones that float yeah, yeah. Like that. she got that she got the kids <laughs> to paint it green <laughs> and, <laughs> and an outline that was their bus. That was their table tennis. Oh, you know, wow. and they just got a net from somewhere. It was a decent net, but everything else, was crap. That's ridiculous. And obviously, anyone can get table tennis. It's Nigerian, like uh, ping pong balls and stuff. It was cool, but like mad. It so was you, the audacity. So you wrote about her, and then what happened? So I I wrote it, but I got carried away. Um, this is like my first lesson in journalism. Like, <laughs> um, I, I I said a mild insult, like you know she put her nose in the wrong place that's when like she was accusing the wrong person right uh, but I posted it everywhere we only have one usually of this and maybe one in the other stuff so two right. I print like 20 just in oh different places so when I came to school the following day every teacher was just going uh, what, 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 what. I was like what are you talking about <laughs> and then I was in trouble like I was called out oh you're going to be punished you're going to be fined I did pay a fine yeah. but um, How much yeah it was like three 3,500? No. How much did I pound? Back then. Five dollars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hurt my pocket at the time, but I didn't tell my uncle. I was like, no, <laughs> no, this is between me and the establishment, you know. She went to my civics teacher and she was like, you see what you're teaching him? You know? I was like, here with my teacher was like, it's democracy, you know? <laughs> but uh, the long and the short story is that it kind of set me on my path. I was like, mm. wow, this is what I want to do. Because the fun thing was that they were like, oh, we're, we're going to take you to a hearing, blah, blah, blah. Within a month, she left. Wow. She left. And I was like, wow, journalism works. This is amazing. <laughs> like, um, I want to do this again. You know, I want to do this more. I like the idea okay. of change and stuff like that. You so, know? so, like, fast forward, did you, like, do any, like, um, kind of... Journalism yeah, stuff in future. In, in school and things like that? Or I... Did you study it? Studied humanities and social science. College. Yeah. That was fun. Um... I don't know why it always gets political with me. Like the first paper I wrote for was a socialist paper, right. and I got angry at the editor because he kept editing out certain words okay. and replacing it with pro-socialist stuff. Ah, oh. like right. I like to be like sixty percent socialist. Yeah, it's like Jeremy Corbyn, so but not so much where you're like. No, no one should work again. <laughs> but he was just like, yeah, yeah, you know. I'm like, John T, this is not what I wrote <laughs> at all. You know, this is you. You know, if you want to write all the articles, write all the articles. Yeah. Don't ask me to write and then like re- replace. Uh, so I was constantly getting lessons like that. I said, I'm leaving. Forget this. Yeah. Um, but as I left, my friend uh, won the student union presidency right. in my college. And he said, Look, I need an editor. Like, I need someone to start a magazine like a new guy so I started the college, uh, Hackney Community College's first magazine right. like newspaper so that was fun to do so I had a real little office and stuff like that okay fun fact this is where me and Josh used to hang out like, yeah. most of the time <laughs> there uh, and yeah I, I did loads of writing um, it was great to have my own space as well and I really liked about editing um and news and how it works yeah. multi-platforming and stuff like that um, and then fast forward again when I went to uni um, learned about journalism this is where it became tricky because creative writing and journalism are so different yeah. but so intertwined Right. so creative writing it's kind of not kind of it is it is it's just language it's the you know creating fiction yeah um, but the fun fact is that it's not fiction for fiction's sake mm. it always should have some sort of message in it um, or usually there is a message in it you know, unless it's just escapism so even when it's fiction for fiction's sake it's 
purposed, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I'm escapism, uh, whereas others is like, I'm fiction, very good fiction, but actually I'm I'm a commentary on right. the life and times of Nigeria, <laughs> you know, or I'm like, I'm talking about the the fall of Rome and how it's going to happen. You know what, speaking of that, like a college, um, do you find that in a lot of stories you read, it's not directly related to something, but when you actually dig deeper into it, mm. it's actually related to something that's a serious issue, like with um, Spirited Away, have you watched Spirited Away? No, I haven't. You haven't watched it, no, Studio no, Ghibli, no. have you watched any of the Studio Ghibli? stuff possibly Poco Rosso I've watched Poco Rosso but Princess Mononoke and mm. stuff like that um, well it's like the Disney of anime yeah pretty much so yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so Spirit yeah. of the Way is probably like the oh Spirit of the Way yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh that's what you so, said yeah okay yeah, you watch yeah, it yeah? yeah yeah no you know she's it's in been the, a while though she, yeah it's been ages but you know how she's in the um, she's in the hotel or in the bathhouse yeah and then there's this like ink guy that comes yeah and yeah. he starts messing up the place yeah. and he tries to offer her money and stuff like that so um, and her name is Sen as well and then there's the old woman called Baba or something yeah that's actually a play the undertones how, are about how the bathhouses in Japan were used as brothels yeah and then there was always like the the the, um, the head lady that would be pimping out the, mm. the girls and then basically Sen is I think something about Sen being a general word for like the, the prostitutes in the bathhouse and um the guy with the the ink guy with the money basically is mm. like him hand, handing her money so that's supposed to symbolize the prostitution as well yeah. but when you watch the actual film yeah, you're like you this do. is just happy yeah. thing especially if you watch it in English a lot of stuff gets lost in transi- translation yeah well I saw that just last week I was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah, it just gets layered doesn't it when, yeah, you, yeah. when you see the, the what's the word I'm looking for the significance yeah um so in terms of your like your story writing, so you've talked about a lot about your journalism and stuff like that. Mm. So in terms of your story writing, what do you think are your what are your top influences in this in terms of the style and the kind of things you write? I know you're a big Marvel and DC DC fan, but are there anything else that you know that kind of influences your writing directly or indirectly? Um, I think no, I think I know. The Bible has really helped. Yeah. In that, I think that's my whether I like to publicize it or not. It's my biggest influence. Yeah. And I think people don't appreciate how beautiful it is. Mm. It's a history book. It's an action adventure. It's a romance. It's the most violent book ever. It's a, yeah. It's a poetry book. Um, there are so many. I think the reason why it helped my writing so much is because there's so many genres in there. Yeah. And you don't get it because people approach it from the point, from the kind of uh, perspective of this is just a religious book. Right. But actually, there's just so much in there. And that's why you can go there, you can read it, and you can get one thing. Go there another day, read it, get another thing. And the reason for that as well is because it's, it's too pronged. The book is alive. But apart from that, you, you're not feeling the same every day. Right. So if you're feeling in an angry mood, you might pick up on the violence a bit <laughs> easier. If you're feeling romantic, you'll pick up on certain things and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So it, it speaks to you as well, and it will resonate with you in certain things. And I find uh, some was it Steven Spielberg that says something recent about like how cinema manipulates. Someone said, "Oh, but don't you think this film that you've made is manipulating people?" And he was like, "That's cinema's job." it's meant to trigger emotion it's meant to give even if it's just to make you feel good it's still making you feel something that's a general idea and books are the same but they just they do it in a you consume the media differently that's all yeah and that's why I think people get really passionate about adaptation which I studied and it's fun Um, because like you said lost in translation some things don't make the journey yeah. from book to screen and say, yeah. yeah, we don't need that. For whatever decision and something that can, for better or worse, yeah. it can change the meaning of something yeah. into the entirety. Yeah. Um, everything from the color of Jesus and his hair <laughs> to, you know, um, not including a certain character yeah. in Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it really changes things. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading something like, yeah, I, I watched a video about that today actually. Like, 
you know, it changes changes how the story's been told. Yeah. Because someone's not featuring. Yeah. Or someone is. So yeah. Uh, any other influences? Uh. I do have more. I'm just. <laughs> so many. Like, yeah, Top three. So you said you said the Bible. So the next two. What would they be? Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think what I wrote about. What was the last things I wrote? The Russian man. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I think cinema really affected me, actually. Yeah. I think cinema in general. Because I wasn't... There was one book. I remember my first favourite book. And it was called The Cricket in Times Square. I must buy that book again. Um, it's the first book I read from beginning to end. Oh wow. And the reason why it was in year three, the longest book I read as well at the time, it, it just, there's something about the way the story is told, right. that particular edition anyway, and it's, um, I don't know whether it was because it's tailored to children, or there's just something timeless about it, and the period that it was written in, I think it was based in like the 40s or 60s, kind of like that period, which happens to be like my favorite sort of period I love doing. Um, yeah, it was just the whole chronology, uh, chronological, you know, progression of the story really kind of set certain things in my mind. And I was like, I, I want to write a story like that, that mm -hmm. sort of, and what comes to mind when I think of the, that book is a film like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Which affected me hugely. Like, I love cinema for sure. Like, another of my favorite films is like uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. The way these stories are told, really good. And yeah. they're done from like a character's perspective. Like, they have varied characters in them. And that really influenced me when I was writing because I'm like, I don't want it to just be, I don't want it to be a scenario where people are reading this and it's like, oh, well, some fun stuff that's happening. It's just like, we need to connect with characters. I think Harry Potter has a big influence as well. Yeah. Because when I was in Nigeria, my mum sent me some books. All Harry Potter books. Number four. Oh. I started with number four. And she sent me number five. And I came back and I, it went back. <laughs> and I read everything else and then, and then watched the movies afterwards. Um, number four will help because it helped because it made me feel like I was in England again. Yeah. And I was in Nigeria and I was away from family. So I could kind of uh, um, sympathize with Harry a bit because he didn't have family either. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're in the same boat, sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that sort of thing. And it was interesting just how they put you in the story. It's really well told. And I was like, I want to write a story like that, you know, draw people in and then grow the universe. This, gave me my first glimpse of what it means to build a universe that people care about. Yeah. You're not writing a good story if people don't care about your characters, you know, if people don't want to invest in the world that you're building, you know. Um, you always know you've got a really good story in your hands if people are suggesting the next thing to happen in your book or like, oh, I have a good idea for a character. Like, yeah. dude, I've not, <laughs> I've not written a synopsis yet. So it, it depends on you got to start from the basics of the okay yeah. okay so coming off that the segue um so in terms of someone like so you know me i have a lot of stories yeah but like i never get around to finishing the most i wrote was like the matt lantern one and i was just the beginning of the story and since then i've just completely changed it anyway <laughs> um so like like if someone like me or someone anyone wants it's like look i, I want to i have ideas for stories yeah in my head how would you? How, what's the best way to go go about it? Because um, you, how many books have you written so far? Have you lost count? Because <laughs> you've written so many. I'm getting very close to the point where I'm losing count. <laughs> but, oh gosh. Rough number. Rough number. <laughs> oh, books specifically. It's not the same as stories. Like, um, yeah. yeah. Fourteen. Jesus. Maybe. I can't write one. <laughs> 
I've lost so many of them. But you've written more, yeah, more than yeah, lost. Oh God, yeah. oh my God. No, it's more, I remember now because it's the other and they've got... Oh, wow. No, so yeah, never but, mind. Yeah. God. So what's the, what's the, what's the process to, to writing a story, basically? Oh, um, beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I actually, I'm going to be very... No, I'm not going to be unpopular because people are realising that this doesn't work. Don't build a universe. Really? I said it. Don't, oh, don't, don't build a universe. Don't build a universe. It, Gosh, it, that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> you, know the pro- you know the problem with universe building when you when you do something like that is that the world becomes too big Yeah. and it's hard for you to kind of tether your one main character uh, deep into the ground so that he can explore and do his thing and then the story resonate from him when you build the universe first and then throw him in it oh, he has to kind of incorporate everything so he's experiencing the world you're, you're, the reader will be experiencing the world through his eyes but because there's so much it's just like it will become like name dropping after a while right. oh we're in this place why is this important oh we're in this place why is this important whereas if you start from him you say okay this is John my name's John <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Why are you waking up today? Oh, because you got work. Where's your workplace? Oh, um, Sebastian's butchers. Okay, so now we're suddenly introduced to the butchers. Okay. So there's sort of like a need response, and then you go. There's always an impetus uh, of importance. It's not just you name dropping for the sake of name dropping. Right. That being said. There's two ways of doing it, I feel like. If you really, really want specific places, like for example, there's a book I'm writing at the moment called The Cow Whisperer. And, um, <laughs> Cow Whisperer? <laughs> I really, really, really want there to be like a farm. Oh, like the, the, the main thing is that we get to his friend's house, right. which is like this mansion uh, with like farmland. But there's all these other bits and places that we need to get to before that. But I don't want to just throw it in there. <laughs> so the hook is, like, how do I get get him there and make you invest in it? That, okay, he has to be there and I want to go there because right. it sounds interesting. But the idea is that you need to make the character, the, the reader want to go there. Or like, oh, I want to learn more about that. Like if you've ever, I'll give you an example actually. How many times have you watched Game of Thrones and people mention stuff like, what? what? Tell me more. What, yeah. what, why are you moving away from this topic? That's so interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. I want to see more as well. Yeah. Like stuff like that. And the only reason why they do that, how they do that, is they, they start with the character and then you learn about that one place that they're living in. For, like, for example, Night's Watch. Yeah. Whatever. And here's a simple trick that, that I find uh, that has worked for me. I do beginning and end. Yeah. So I usually picture the end and I have the middle somewhere. Like, I definitely want this to happen in the middle. That'd be like my tether, yeah. sort of dot on the map. I'll figure out a really interesting beginning. You've heard it before, hook, the reader. So you've got beginning, middle, end. After that, then you can say, you start exploring your character. Like, so who is he? Um, where is going, you know, uh, in journalism, we learn a lot of W's, like who, what, where, why, when, okay. how, when a story when a story happens, those are the things you need to ask. Who, what, where, why, when, how. Similar with your main character, like who is he? Why is he important? What's he doing? Yeah. Where is he going today? You know, uh, who is he going to meet? Or who's coming to his house? Who's coming to disturb him? Why are they here? Uh, all these questions, and you begin, and that actually will organically build your universe without feeling forced. A lot of people today, they're just like, oh my God, Marvel, we need to do that. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, we're going to have this, we're going to have this. Mm. And it just feels like a soulless theme park. Uh, instead of these intimate small connections that uh, double up and double up, double up. So everyone has a connection. This is why Game of Thrones works, because they have all these characters who happen to just be in this interesting world. But it's not really about them. It's actually about the people, and the people are interesting. Everything else is dressing. Yeah. Um, like for example uh, I can give you a kind of <laughs> idea uh, an example so the cow whisper that I'm writing at the moment is about <laughs> it's the most juvenile I'm actually my, my idea for this was uh, 
put as many stupid jokes in this as you possibly can. Yeah. This is about a prankster, uh, about two juvenile friends who are past the age where they should be joking about anymore. Um, and one of them is terminally ill. Right. But he doesn't tell the other one. So this is his big joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He says, "Oh, you know, I, I have I have a third testicle, um, uh, but it's not. It's uh, a prostate. Like one, well, it's, it's got a prostate you know, cancer." And um, he's like, "Look, I'm gonna die on X, Y, Z day. But before that happens, I have like a bucket list of things that I would like to do that are pretty crazy." Um, this is he. This, this guy's name is called Alexander. By the way. Uh, and the, his friend's name is called John. John and Alexander, when they were growing up, they were just like kids, they were just dumb kids, you know, whatever. Who happened to go to like a really, really posh school. Sebastian's super rich. Right. So when you introduce to them, why, why do you care? You meet John, who's very laid back, calm, quiet, has a bit of a sense of humor. And then you're introduced to Sebastian, who rolls up in this car. <laughs> uh, and that's when you're introduced to this guy, so you get hooked in, and then they go on this adventure, right? And then they grow up and stuff like that. So I'm starting with the characters and then I'm going to go on from there and then introduce them to like the mansion and stuff like that and some of the games they play uh, and things like that. So like all these things I mentioned, I mentioned that I feel like people would be interested in is, uh, is um, are, are character things rather than places right. and things that should happen. I think sometimes people think of scenes to fill up their book they're like all these things have to happen and if all these things happen this will make a good book right. actually you want big character moments yeah big character moments often happen in scenes like that but actually they don't necessarily have to happen within scenes for it to be powerful or you know emotive or interesting or visually exciting even good example and again I don't know I'm using BBC yet again this is why BBC are good for drama because like when you look at somebody like Luther, I don't know if you've seen I've watched a couple of episodes. They nuts. Each, Yeah, yeah. Character driven. But it has a cinematic feel to it and they do it in such a way that they don't have a budget. Yeah. But you just like because he's in the scene, everything else is heightened. You no, know there's a I think I think it was BBC. Um there's one that I watched on um, Merlin. Yeah. That was so good. And Merlin again, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they they they, they, they merely had a budget, you know. It's, but they make things work because yeah. you know, and it, nothing's forced. Yeah. So there's a way of doing. It. I, I like to call it like incremental. Uh, is the word for it? Uh, incremental uh, world building, right? Where you just do it piece by piece. Some of the most interesting bit. Um, I'm writing another story about. Uh, um, a bodyguard who is being hunted down by like his old assassins he was once like the, the head of like a brotherhood of assassins <clears throat> and he only sort of set it up so that he could like bring down like a corrupt government he's like okay we're calling time on it now it's all over it's done and uh, he tries to leave like a quiet life as like, his yeah. bodyguard guy and they're like no, no 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 you thought you destroyed us you haven't we want you to come back and join us because like you had the right idea there are so many other right. corrupt governments, these people are coming back, we need you. Why is that? No, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. That's the general premise. But like, I'm like, how do you invest in someone like that? Because you've seen this sort of story so many times before. Yeah. Oh, so um, <clears throat> my idea is a day in the life of this guy. So what does he do on his normal day? So right. Take him through there. So he wakes up see him doing the really mundane things like okay what clothes is he going to wear um, where is he going to go and when you walk around the house you do things stuff like that you remember things like oh I need to do this I need to do that yep. or like things cross your mind so you'll be able to see things cross his mind like when you're reading and stuff like that and you begin to realise certain how he, how he interacts with people as well um, and I'll use that, those, as signposts to then bring to recollection, like flashbacks I want to talk about. Right. Without forcing it. So it'll be like, 
oh, he's seen, um, maybe that's someone talking about someone getting shot or whatever, right. in a particular way, and he flashbacks to some, a time where he had to shoot someone, but in a particular situation, and then right. he has to just sort of try and forget it, because he's not part of that life anymore, and this right. is about his quiet life. So all the time you think he's just maybe hallucinating or whatever, but you peel this onion slowly, rather than sort of just yeah. <laughs> slice you. So it's, it, I think the trick really is layering, so that by the time you get to your first conflict, yeah. it's earned, rather than... It's like Game of Thrones, isn't it? Like, yeah. it, takes, it takes a while to get slow burn. Once you're actually yeah. into it, you're just hooked. Yeah. Well, I was hooked from the first episode. Do you know I, I watched like 10 seconds like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go man actually because now I've, I'm I'm hooked I've sort of jumped in it's like watching yeah. I've cheated I've watched like, <laughs> I've watched the last I've basically watched season 7 <laughs> but the writers changed that's the funny thing I've heard yeah because they um, um, when it was when they were going along with the book the writing was quite similar as in the pacing and everything um and even the script was, I think it was more intelligent because mm. there was a part like with Tyrion he was he's, he's he had a lot of quiffs and he was like he was quite a jokey character with serious issues um, and then like the part spoiler alert when he's in the courtroom I'm not saying too much detail and I'm but he's say, like yeah, yeah. I, why would I poison that guy like yeah. if I had poison I'll try and poison every single one of you in this yeah, room yeah. but I poison <laughs> isn't it um, but like since like they got with the head of the books it's the pacing has become faster mm. and it's become more of a TV show kind of yeah it has um, been more I still enjoy I still love it but like it's it just feels different yeah um, which is like again you were talking about like the pay, like taking your time to build stuff but it did take like seven seasons to build it so they have I think to, actually the yeah, right to do that this is the thing if, if you earn it people will respect your yeah. decision to make certain changes yeah like and it was a similar thing with Harry Potter as well when they when became very adult yeah which was about four onwards yeah because five was dark man and then it just went <laughs> spoiler alert serious dies man oh, I didn't know that is but okay that, that hurt man because book three is my favourite book yeah you meet this guy who's like his uncle it's his only connection to his dad yeah and it's like it's not just something that's thrown in constantly they're talking about his parents and talking yeah. about that and this relationship he had with his friends and now they're like best friends and right. everything like that and you finally meet the best friend in, in yeah. book three and you're like oh my god it's him and then book four like you, they're still talking this relationship and Harry's yeah. getting to know his friends and stuff like that and it's layered like they just have moments and moments that build up to this tangible uh, history that you suddenly have in your head of this fictional world and these people and in book five, they kill him. <laughs> At the very end, and it works. It works. And it's still, even in the, when, the adaptation-wise, it works as well because they carry that over to the films and you see, like, oh, gosh. It's exactly like the book. So yeah. it's one of those things. When adaptation goes wrong is when it's like, someone reads a book and they don't get what the book is about. Yeah. Or they're like, this isn't going to work for cinema because we're not aiming for that niche oh do you know what hurt me so, the most one that really hurt me was Wanted you've ever read the comics of Wanted yeah it's very entirely different. different to the film very different and the film is just like what why why would we'll just call it Wanted just call it, let's call it Wanted by name but have nothing to do with the actual yeah, they should have just said inspired by yeah that would have been more respectful but just call it something complete I think people need to start doing that inspired by because then people are like well Elites is not a book to it's not yeah, a straight yeah, adaptation yeah. it's just I like some yeah. ideas in here and they really take them but they just assume some things will work but meanwhile it does like if you look at for example more recently now people are just taking up taking black um, script writing and producing very seriously mm. because they know that people will watch it like Get Out was absolutely insane like my yeah. favourite, favourite film this year yeah. Far, yeah. is Get Out and like people are realising that like with Moonlight I haven't watched Moonlight myself um, but like it's stuff that's fine um, like Moonlight I haven't watched Moonlight but it got really good reviews yeah. and then we have Black, pa Black Panther coming out and I'm going to wear that shiki oh, when I watch it oh my days um, <laughs> I know it 
I cannot yeah. wait for that show. Yeah, so like it's you know, and that's something that people assume that you know, no one wants to see black people take the lead, or no one wants to see like a Chinese person. Like you know, have you seen what happened with Hellboy? The um, basically they're doing a reboot, mm. and um, one of the characters oh, yeah, is, yeah. Hard, is basically known known to be a Japanese guy, yeah. and they cast um, the guy that played um, Ajax from Deadpool. He left. He left yeah. it. Yeah, and then he he was like, because people were making a fuss. He was like, he didn't actually know the character was supposed to be Japanese, mm. and it was like, no, I'm not the right person to play this, and he dropped out. And then then they started, they got someone else that's yeah. actually at least Asian to play the role. They need to start doing that. They need like, what gives you the right to be like, yeah. oh, you know, they just assume that we always want to see a white person taking the lead, mm. but it's, that's and it's not true. racist. Like I see, I've had this conversation so many times before. Like as a writer, and I. I I said, you know, it's the responsibility of casting directors and writers yes. to make the right decision. So, on the writer's part, it's your responsibility to look at something that's missing. You look at a gap in the market and fill it with something yeah. that matches what's missing. Don't We don't need more of the same. It doesn't make for diversity. And again, don't write for the sake of, oh, well, you know, there's nothing within this field so I'm going to fill it with something yeah. don't fill it with rubbish like Luther's great because Luther's brilliant and it works yeah. like it's so well written fun fact it's written by Neil Cross who's white but <laughs> like it's great and I read the book it's yeah. a small book about it as well and it's fantastic like yeah. it's written so well what do you think about again around like the same kind of thing uh, did you know I'm um, in um, it just came out recently that in Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, Charlie was supposed to be black. Shut the phone door. He was supposed to be black. But the, um, basically, when Rodal was gonna publish it, his producer was just like, his um, pu- no, his publisher was like, no, no, why, why should he be black? Wow. But he was supposed to be a black kid. Mind blown. Yeah. And I can see it. That actually yeah. works. And uh, yeah. even Harry Potter. Yeah. Like a lot of the characters are actually supposed to be like Hispanic and black. Like Harry Potter is not supposed to be white. I heard this is well, that's this is what I've heard. And I heard I've, I've, apparently, um, don't quote me on this. Apparently, the author actually said yes. This is actually true. When she wrote them, um, she had them in mind to actually be um, ethnically diverse. Mm. Um, but like in the in the movies, they're, they're yeah. white folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I heard this. I heard, I'm like. My fingers on the post with Instagram, like I've seen like certain like fan art and things like that. Yeah. And I know you see the debates and I'm just like, oh, so I didn't knew this was a thing. Yeah. Like, wow. That's but yeah, it's a thing. People take a minute. Yeah. But why is it that people just decide like no let's change this to but Um, I think it's because because even for me, like when I was writing, when I first Started writing characters and things like that. I said, like, "Oh, okay, so it's definitely going to be white." Like my fir- the first book I published, the protagonist is white, like Scottish. Okay. It, that was like my only rebellion. I'm not going to make him English. <laughs> make him Scottish. You know, it's not like English English. You know, uh, you know, and the Scots yeah. hate English. That was like my only rebellion. But he's still white. <laughs> um, because you think that people, it will sell. You know, and that's the thing. And you're told that and it becomes ingrained in you unconsciously subconsciously you you write it now I I, I can't be saying now because even after before I wrote that actually I wrote a I wrote a book for my assignment it was like a short story and my, my teacher was like okay so for your assignment you're writing a novel and everyone was like what how are we writing a novel for our assignment uh, I finished it, oh. and the character was uh, a black guy, mm. and um, that was my first experience of that. And I was so excited about it; it was so good, like that. I continued with it, and I got to like book seven or something. But yeah, it kept on growing and growing, and I could see how the Harry Potter world grows and works because if yeah. you do something great the first time, you can build on. But like the. It never occurred to me that like it was it, it wasn't a big thing that it was black. Yeah. Like, it was just like he's black, he's black. Yeah. You had white friends, you had like other friends and stuff yeah. like that. You have to be brave enough to do it. Mm. It's just like yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a big deal for you. Mm. And I think it should come from a place of 
I'm not doing it because I want it to be black. I'm doing it because it just feels right. Yeah. Sometimes you think of a character and you're like, okay, he's white. Yeah. Or he's, he's definitely black. Um, there are some things, like I was saying before, like are done intentionally. So even within fiction, yeah, they're purposed. So this story, for example, like the Cow Whisperer, uh, the rowdy guy, the Joker, and stuff like that. Usually, in most films I watch, that's the black guy <laughs> who's the comic relief. Yeah, yeah. But in this, it's, it's the white guy. You know? Yeah. Um, whereas the the black guy's like dead panners, so dude, you're you're too much. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of role reversing to kind of bring some like. Uh, subversion to it because yeah. people react to that and like oh that's that's, that's interesting um, and that works so yeah it just depends mm-hmm. yeah it really depends I think Hollywood definitely need to work on casting better yeah. and I think Crap it doesn't casting. help that America's having issues racially yeah I'm not going to say that because I'm sorry, like, if your country is having issues yeah. deeply seated the way America does, you're not going to be able to cast, you know, unbiasedly, because you're going to have that image, right? Well, the cinema people, are they going to come out for this? Are they, you know, mm-hmm. Because it's got this need and the story is this. And you're going to look at book sales, you're going to look at, you know, the following that it has as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the internet's meant to be like the great equalizer, everyone has a voice, but it's money that talks as well so mm-hmm. yeah it depends I, I personally would, would would like to see more writers write more positions for other other colours as well well I think right now people are creating their own space as well to be honest like we're looking at Insecure mm. as well have you watched Insecure? Insecure yeah it's a ray what channel? Mm? it's on what's it on there? HBO HBO thanks <laughs> It's on HBO. No, no, no. You ever seen this tall black girl? Um, black lady. Um, I think I've seen a poster. You've probably seen a poster too. Have mm. you seen um, her awkward black girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. she's the same, same person. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's the she's the one there. Right. And um, it's, it's really good. And it's the narrative of... I like it when things are like they've just they're not trying to be preachy but it's from the, the perspective of from of someone else or another yeah. group of people and it's not it's it's a black led TV show and the writing is very like you know black people can relate to it but white people can watch it and enjoy it as well yeah um, and it mean every now and again they'll throw something in that's like a racial racial what's it um, a racial kind of issue mm. uh, but it's that's not what tackle, yeah. yeah that's not what it's actually it's about, about yeah. but there's things like that that kind of add a bit more flavour to it well, um, it's it's actually just about an insu- it's like someone going through relationship drama different mm. people and how they relate to each other and it's just their bad decisions in life <laughs> yeah. um, and how their decisions always catch up to them so like it's just very good you should watch yeah. it it's, it's, re- it's so funny and it's uh, really good like um, so there's a lot of that stuff coming up and even uh, even if you're a YouTuber um, Dormtainment have you ever watched Dormtainment? Dormtainment it's like a dorm room okay go on YouTube and check them out they're so funny um, Dorm Tim is a group of guys yeah. and they just write scripts and they do skits on um, on YouTube and they've been doing it for years yeah. um, and now was that the one where they do like messing with Chaz yeah 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 that one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same guy same guy yeah, yeah. so now they I, I saw a video of them and they were with Kevin Hart mm. um, oh, and then um it was it came out as trash uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheating scumbag why you do that <laughs> he's funny but well he's not he's in a lot of trouble at the moment but um yeah but they've got gotten pretty far they're doing stuff for Kevin Hart yeah and like you know so even if you're not on even if you're not writing a book even if you're not d- doing a blog or whatever there's, there's you have options yeah, of w- one thing I really want to see is actually a um, an audio series as a podcast yeah. I would love to see that. Someone just writing the script and then literally they're doing the whole story, but it's a podcast and they release it every week. That's what I would love to see, but I haven't, heard, I haven't seen it yet. It's a good idea. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Someone should do it. I ain't got time to do it. 
But yeah, I think that's that kind of thing because there's a lot of tea being spilled on Twitter and everything. Mm. People like drama, so like putting it on the podcast yeah. would actually really, really work, you know. Um, Did you see a lot of tea being spilled? Yeah, <laughs> so much tea. Is that a new thing now? Oh my uh, gosh, I'm so not down Tea is kids. life. <laughs> tea is actually Love life. It. You know, not literal tea. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know when you're at work, like if someone, like if you want to bribe someone, tea is like crack. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh oh John here's some tea You're like oh thank you how kind of you I'm so can you help me with this I'm here like, are some PG tips <laughs> you did make me tea <laughs> I don't really have a choice That's anymore so true God <laughs> I don't even like tea <laughs> <laughs> I don't really I just drink to pass the time and it keeps me warm you know um, back to writing um, so what's next for Kingsley Kingsley the Bard um. At the moment, I'm really focusing on uh, my poetry and short stories. Right. I'm using Instagram as a as a focal point, so just like a magnifying glass. So everything I've everything I've learned over the years, I'm using it to channel in, into yeah. that. Because um, I find Instagram is quite grabbing. You you come for you. You go for the pictures, you stay for whatever they have to say. Uh, memes work really well. <laughs> and um, if you can hook people, yeah. you have it. I didn't realize that there's a whole niche of writers on Instagram. Like it's really? huge, like, and proper success. Not just like, oh, well, I managed to publish a book and it was good. Like, no, no, like huge. Wow. And they have thousands, some have millions. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, where have these guys been all along? Like, there's a whole, it can get very lonely as a writer when you're writing sometimes. Uh, and we can get quite non-collaborative. I put my hand up and say, I, I was that person for a very long time. Um, I don't like meeting up with writers. It can be really irritating, really pretentious. Uh, I've been to so many poetry readings where you've got people reading and it's like, you, Open you know. Open the door, close the door. Yeah, it's so like, confused. what the hell are you talking about? And then my, my lecturer who invited was like, hmm, yeah. Oh, God. Really, that, that's so deep. It's like, what? What, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I am so lost. <laughs> like, I, either I'm not part of this group or I didn't focus enough in class. And I'm, I did. <laughs> Because uh, I, I picked stuff that I wanted to challenge myself. I, I did uh, one subject called poetry in innovative form. Mind-boggling. God. There, it's like further mathematics, but in poetry. <laughs> I was just like, and I, I would rather do further maths <laughs> than poetry innovative form wow. uh, on an advanced level because it throws you. It takes the, it. The best way to describe it is it dissects the poem as if you were working out an, a quadratic equation. It's like, this isn't poetry anymore, this is maths. Like, you know, you're taking a soul out of it. Like if a normal person was to read this, they won't get anything from it. They'll just say, this is just words scattered and spaced out in a particularly <laughs> visually interesting way. It's not even nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's what I want to not do. <laughs> Reminds me of the anthologies that we did in school. Sure. Did you ever do them? Yeah. What do you mean when you call me half cast? <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> oh. A few of those, yeah. It's like torture. Presents from my aunts in Pakistan. It's <sighs> <sighs> actually upset me. I hated it. I wanted to burn that book. I don't know what I did with it. That's how it works. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed the anthologies. I'm like, <laughs> you, you're the only person I've heard say that. Dude, <laughs> such trash. No offense to the poet, poets, but this so is this like, is the thing, uh, though. Like a, a lot of it, like a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm a poet, and it's like, no, you're just someone who's expressing himself in poetic form. Right. But I, do you not? Know no, I take that back. Every there are poets, but there are people who connect with people right. when they write poetry. And there's a lot of poems out there, poet, poet, uh, sorry, poets that don't connect with people because they're just talking about stuff. I think a part of it also is like eloquence. Like I'm working, I realize what's worked best for me. So I think for now, what I'm focusing on is my rhymes. All my poems rhyme most of the time. I do a bit of free verse here and there, but for the most part, it's um, rhyming poetry, all on Instagram, but 
now I'm just pairing my words with visuals that grab and like match what I want to say. And that's really helped me kind of like to work with images, Photoshop and things like that. Um, and my, it's helped me spiritually on like my journey as well. Obviously when I was in school learning about the Bible, this is a nice segue. <laughs> My, my poetry, you know, when I was Kingsley the Bard, <laughs> was all romantic. And then one day, like, I got really depressed because it was, like, uh, Valentine's Day. And I didn't have anyone to write poetry for. And it was just like, oh, this is, like, the, the most depressing thing ever. Like, <laughs> oh, and it got really bad, like, really bad. And then I, out of nowhere, I wrote this poem. And it was just God speaking to me, saying, like, you don't need to write poetry for anyone. You don't need to... The, the definition of love the way you think it is yeah. doesn't exist actually. Actually, there's a love that's much better. My love, you should write poems uh, channeled to me. And from that day on, I was able to write Christian poetry. I can't explain how. It's wow. a spirit of God, but from that day, I started around, and it just just comes yeah. out there. Uh, I, I obviously practice, like I read poems that I've got poetry with me now, actually. It's in French, like one side's French, one side's English. <laughs> but it's funny, like, uh, one of my lecturers said, you, you can't be a, a great writer unless you're a great reader. Yeah, so right. you tend to sort of just see things that are of interest. I think, if anything, that's what uni is helped with. Because kind of like what you said, you, you sort of sat in class and just endure <laughs> people talking and oh, pouring God. stuff Bloody out. Enough. That was us at university. It doesn't really change. It just becomes more... I'm so anti-uni. It's, it's no secret. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the times you're sitting there and you're going, especially with creative subjects, actually, you're sitting and you're thinking, why did my hair? I, I could teach myself this, that you just give me the syllabus. And I, like, I remember like literature, someone said, oh, you should go and do literature. I'm like, what do you do in literature? Oh, we read 30 books over the course of the semester. Okay. What do you do after that? We do literature appreciation. So you're someone will write a poem, you break down the poem, and you will tell me the meanings that are in the poem. Okay. Or supposed meanings anyway, you can always draw out another meaning. Um, if you can defend it, that's what this is about really. So drawing out a meaning and defending it, pro like properly, academically. Yeah. I was like, but I could do that already though. Like we did this in secondary school, tell me something new. Mm. If I'm not learning anything new, then why am I here? Like this was, this yeah. was my problem with it. And I think this is why I, I, I didn't take literature, I didn't take that, I just took really weird, <laughs> weird subjects and just smushed them together. My challenge was like journalism because it's telling me you need to be, don't be flamboyant. Give us the base bits of information, who, what, where, why, when, that's it. Yeah. Create a writing and say, no, be free, <laughs> say everything, be expressive, take risks, you know. And then you're trying to like force them together to create something that is both factual and engaging as well. So I think creative writing often helps journalists and professional writers to create things that are engaging. And this is why I'm currently watching Mad Men. For any, I, I recommend this series to any future writer or anyone who wants to be a writer uh, professionally, mm. because it's like the perfect marriage between creative writing and journalism because it's all about copywriting yeah it's about like the 60s where you know your you know copywriters used to live this really hedonistic lifestyle and stuff like that They're drinking all the time wearing sexy suits and stuff like that uh and they're they're, they're in advertisement so they're sending you stuff so they're very eloquent and they know how to write a script they know how to right. write something and really present it but it's factual as well. Some of it's factual. So it's like, how do I present this factual thing and make it seem like out of this world? It's all about flamboyancy and subverting and um, uh, imagery and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's what I'm working on now, like cool. copywriting. Uh, that's useful. Yeah. That's so very useful. It really helps because so, I've, my later days, like I've been, later career, I was looking at like, working with magazines and um, journals and things like that. And they often ask you like, what sort of work you've done before and they ask for your portfolio. Yeah. And it always helps when you've got like a balance of creative and professional. Yeah. And copyright is that sweet spot where you can kind of see your professional stuff, but it's flamboyant and it's yeah. smart and catchy and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, yeah, could you do that for us please? <laughs> nice. Yeah.
Cool. Um, man, it's, dude, it's like so late. <laughs> you need to be able to get on. <laughs> um, yeah, how can, um, how can we get in touch with you and what's your Twitter handles and everything? Oh my gosh. Um, my Instagram is, he says, checking his... As he flicks through his phone. I know, I should know this. It's Ruben of the Rhine. And how do you spell that? That's R-E-U-B-E-N. Uh, underscore the underscore rhyme um, I'll put it in the description then. yeah I'm trying to think of any other handles <laughs> I use oh okay so I've got like loads of websites and things like this the easiest way you can contact me is through my website Better Call Kingsley kind of like the show Better Call Saul uh, uh, so Better Call Kingsley if you just need anything uh, copywriting speech writing uh, essay help uh, what else yeah, just writing in general. Writing, creative writing solutions is the terminology I use. Um, better call Kingsley, that's what I use. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming through. No, no, thank you for having me. Um, I was late, but. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. We have the hustle. It's all good. Um, if you have any questions regarding writing or anything um, that you heard or anything, uh, make sure you get, get in touch with Kingsley. Or you can get in touch with me at underscore OG Harper on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm on Snapchat as well, you know. Really? Yeah. I need to download really, that, actually. I started posting stuff on it. I think it's Mr. Harper. Is it Mr. Underscore Harper? I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we need like a camera pass. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just put it right here. <laughs> to um, remind you. Yeah. Um, well, I'll put it in the description anyway. Um, well, you can also send a comment or anything else or dilemma or whatever it is uh, hashtag OJHpod um, or email me at hello at OJHarper.com yeah and that's it for today nice thanks for coming through um, we're going to bring you back to talk about more geeky Yay. stuff eventually <laughs> so yeah that's cool. been fun alright guys thanks for listening bye bye, bye. bye.